And what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for the unfiltered experience where we bring you unfiltered conversations either with us, me and Scott, or our guest designed to help you expand your horizons, increase your confidence, and help you have an amazing life with love and kick-ass energy. I am Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and I am always joined by the beautiful and amazing Mr. Scott David Goyette. What's going Thanks, on, brother? brother? Um, interesting week, man. But again, everything happened really fast. And here we are on Friday. It just uh, keeps coming quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker every week. Dude, it's nuts. It's fucking nuts. It's literally nuts. When I woke up this morning, no shit. I was telling you this earlier. Um, you guys know we're always transparent with you, with you guys. And uh, literally, I woke up this morning. I'm like, is today Friday? Because my son's had these things like it's like, uh, I don't know, something, something week at school. So every day he has to dress in a certain way. And I went, was today Friday? I'm like, fuck, I haven't even done the promo for the show yet. Normally I do those on Tuesdays. And I was just like, God damn, it goes by quick. But, you know, at the same time, we're back here live. Absolutely. Here we are. To go love now. We have to go love now. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whether you're watching us live or on replay, thank you, thank you, thank you for always joining us. We appreciate you so much, whether you're watching here on the video cast or listening on the podcast, wherever podcasts are sold. I had somebody actually ask me the other day, I, I, I said, uh, you can check out our shows, and I said, wherever podcasts are sold. And he, he wrote back to me, and he's like, what do you mean by podcast sold? And I, he goes, I don't pay for my podcast. I was like, you're fucking literally taking me literal now. No, I said, yeah, you know, yeah. wherever wherever you can get podcasts, you know, it's like wherever, you know, dogs are sold or whatever it is might be like that. What's up, Lee in the house? Lee's in the house. What's up, brother Lee? I was actually going to reach out to you earlier and see how you were doing this week, but I just got fucking crazy. Uh, we got Robert in the house. This is greetings, Christopher and Scott. Greetings, Mr. Robert. Yes. Appreciate you being here, brother. I think appreciate you all being here, whether you're live or on the replay. But yeah, it was kind of a funny thing. And I just, I thought you were going to notice something different about me. Isn't there anything um, different about me? You don't have the baseball hat on. I can't even see, dude. I got to put my glasses back on. Sorry. <laughs> it's pretty see. obvious. It's something that's changed that ever since you've known your, me. Your beard looks extremely clean. Like it's very trimmed nicely. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, no, that's not it. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm having a rough day, man. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to give you a hint. Yes. Lee said, I'm looking, I'm looking at Lee guessed it. Lee guessed it. I'm actually wearing, I usually wear black shirts, like a black shirt or a white shirt for all of our broadcasts. All, even if my Ron and scripted show, I always wear a black shirt or a gray shirt or a white shirt. I just go in, I have them in my closet. I have a bunch of them. I'm one of those guys that has like five of everything. And, and I, we uh, wore red uh, today for our Christmas pictures. I literally just got back. I had like 15 minutes before we came, before we got on here. And so we were all wearing red. So I was wearing, and I'm actually wearing pants. It's another fucking thing. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm wearing always wearing pants. I'm wearing long pants today because I keep telling people I'm like, I'm wearing pants today. They're like, oh, that's good, Christopher. Did you get dressed by yourself today? I'm like, yes, I fucking did. So I'm actually sitting here in Levi's and tennis shoes and a shirt with a collar on it. Look out. It's Friday night. Mary Kay is in the house. What's up, Mary Kay? She goes, hello, you amazing humans. Thank you, Miss Mary Kay, for being here. You are amazing, too. Just shut the fuck up. And of course, oh, I got that. I got that backwards. Yeah. So I'm wearing a flannel. I'm actually wearing a shirt with sleeves. Well, I always wear a shirt for sleeves with this. But anyways, so we didn't come here to talk about my wardrobe, did we? I think we did. I think Cheers. so. Cheers. All I got is uh, my uh, hydration drink. So your hydration drink. Well, ladies, and gentlemen, boys and girls, as always, we just want to give you guys an opportunity to help us out. We know you get value out of each and every show that we do here. We're actually on show number 90. Holy shit, Scott. We're on 99. I like it. That's why I timed it next week for Thanksgiving to do our 100th show about Thanksgiving. 
This guy's ladies and gentlemen, we've been doing the unfiltered experience now for 99 episodes. We did the Friday night live show. If you've been following us for that long, we did Friday night live for, I don't know, six, eight months. And then we sat there and said, well, okay, we did Friday night live starting in COVID just as a way for us to bring you entertainment, bring you some education, keep everybody's, you know, their spirits lifted during this time. But yeah, we're on show number 99, man. Can you believe that? That's a lot. That's amazing. Thank you for, thank you for joining me on this. I mean, thank you for reaching thank out you. to me. And thank you for being a partner in this. We've had some amazing, amazing, incredible conversations. We've had, um, yeah, we've had all sorts of people. But anyways, I was going to go on another note. So Help Heal Humanity, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, I was just on a board meeting call today with Help Heal Humanity. I'm on the board of directors there. And it's an amazing organization for you guys listening on the podcast. And I'm going to try to talk slower. HelpHealHumanity.org. Thank you guys. You know, when you get value out of the show, please do whatever you can to support this amazing organization. Um, the, the, the CEO, nobody takes any pay for anything. We actually take all the donations. We put them towards those initiatives to make sure that they have impact in the, in the areas that we're fighting for. And we just had a board meeting. We're going to be doing some uh, some holiday programs in Ontario, in Los Angeles, and in Haiti, and a couple other places. So whatever you could do, it's $5, $10, $25. Bucks. If you can sponsor a kid, that would be amazing. We're still sending kids to school in Haiti. When you read the, the news right now, it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's crushing. Hundreds of people are dying every day from malnutrition and everything else. The gangs are taking over. It's pretty crazy. The U.S. and I guess Canada have tried to go over there and try to help mediate, but the Haitians don't want us there. So it's kind of crazy. It's, 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 it's an unbelievable situation. But still through that all, we are still sending kids to school and we are still feeding them once a day. Whatever you guys can do to help support that, we would appreciate it. Serena is an amazing individual. She's been on this show. She's been on my Ron and Scripted show. Little Scott and I are friends with her, and she's an amazing individual. So please, please, please do what you can. We appreciate you guys. And that was our commercial. That's the one and only commercial that we will have for you tonight. And we got Joe in the house. What's up, Joe? Thank you. He says, hi, everyone. Thank you for being here. Well, Robert just switched over. Robert went from uh, YouTube to now on Facebook. He says, greetings, Christopher and Scott Lee and Mary Kay. Appreciate you guys for being here. So tonight we're going to be talking about, I titled this show tonight, uh, Balancing Life's Roles. Scott and I were talking about earlier today, the fact that we're always juggling multiple hats. We're being dad, we're being worker, we're being husband, we're being father, we're being friend, we're being worker, we're being customer, we're being all different things. We have all these different roles to live. And sometimes people sit there and say that we should be balancing our life. You know, you should have a balanced life. You should have a balanced diet. You should have all balanced this. So tonight we want to talk to you about balancing our roles and also talking about the aspect in that balancing of being student versus teacher because sometimes we're showing up in the world and we want to always be the teacher but there are some aspects of life where we have to show up as a student so there you have it i broke it down i need to take a breath i'm running <laughs> so what are you thinking about that scott how do we balance life and that's my actually let me let me let me, let me back that up for a second because i do have a question when i was sitting there thinking about this tonight driving back from um, getting our pictures taken, I was like, a balanced life. Okay, so that can, in, in, gener in generalities, that means, okay, spend two hours at work and spend two hours on your family and spend two hours on diet and spend two hours on exercise and two hours on, I mean, that's, I mean, if you want to sit there and think about a balanced life, that's, I mean, that's, that's idiotic. We think about a balanced life, like, you know, devote this and that and then have these balances. But I think in some situations that you can go hard for two or three years in one particular area take a break and go soft in, a, in, a, in for two or three years. And to me, that's still balance. So what are your thoughts on like, what is really truly balance? Yeah. And I think the um, number one thing you have to do first and foremost is be the observer. And we've talked about that a lot because if I detach from that, which I think is my identity. So I'm a professor, um, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. When I start thinking of those things, if I want to do two hours, two hours, two hours, two hours, I'm always going to come back as a failure because it's never going to work that way. 
But if I allow it to organically occur by observing where am I needed most in this moment, then that's actually, you know, it's going to occur. So to your point, there might be a week where you're doing everything for your kid because they get baseball games all week. There might be a week in the summer you spend more time with Barb. There might be as a professor, you know, we've got all the tests at the end of the semester. So I'm spending more time grading and doing that. And that's just part of the game. So the balance, I don't want to say has to be dictated by the world, but we have to observe it and make sure we manage it. But it doesn't need to be in equal increments. Um, it's funny because um, I told you this, but I just got a Teacher of the Year Award. It's a Teacher's Excellence Award for a national organization that, you know, takes care of uh, community colleges and says, like, these are the best teachers. So it's funny because I was sitting there, I was thinking some of the times that I've been, in my opinion, the best teacher, nobody sees it. It's weird. Yeah. Mm. And this semester, I really it's almost kind of like you stop trying and, and then all of a sudden the world shows up. I've been so interactive and I'm always massively interactive with my students anyway, but You're I've been great. so You're much so. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I've been so much so that it's, I almost feel like we're just sitting around and conversing and elevating one another. And I feel like part of being the great teacher this year that got me that award because they're the ones who are voting. So they're sending out stuff saying this guy needs to get it, which I think is pretty cool because I've changed my teaching style so much that I'm literally just sitting with them and I'm oftentimes the learner. And I'll ask them the question, I'll be like, I like that. Tell me more. And I'm so into them that I feel like there's like a deep connection. And that ends up making sure that you're the best teacher because the learning cycle is never inhibited. It's always flowing. They're sh sharing something. I'm sharing something. And there's just a beautiful organic flow where a lot of times teaching is learn this and come back to me, learn this and come back to me. It's very one dimensional. And think right. of energy, energy with a block stops there's a blockage and so the energy of the teaching process is being rewarded because there's a constant flow so i think it's the same exact thing and the students love you by the way too um, yeah. when you came for your guest lecture the other day i oh, forgot to tell you there were some really nice comments they were like i love chris's struggle and how we overcame it and they said they could really relate to it so we wow. had a few few students that loved it so thank you thank you for that thank you for those of you guys who don't know, Scott invites me uh, every once in a while to come speak to his class and kind of share my story and share a perspective of how we can be our own best advocate for our change. And so uh, I had an opportunity to go speak to two classes. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I always look at it this way, Scott. If there's one person that gets something out of that and goes, if I plant a couple of seeds, but one person's like, wow, I really needed to hear this right now. That's one of the best feelings. Somebody had a Facebook post earlier and says, what, what makes you the happiest? And I said, seeing my son laugh and watching people's faces when I say something in such a way they go, oh shit, wow, now I get it. They've tied all the pieces together, all the seeds that have been planted in their life. We tie them together and I'm like, that's the best feeling in me for the world. And when I think about what you were talking about before, you know, with, with, with balance and everything, isn't it really about expectation? Like what is our expectation for our particular performance and maybe our involvement in acknowledging the fact that we do need to be both student and teacher in many respects? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times too, again, like, you know, we, we fall into one of those roles. I mean, think of, we could do this with uh, masculine feminine dynamics. We could do this with, you know, a uh, student teacher, but I see so many of us got, we get sucked into one role because of society. So take masculine and feminine, um, the single mom, you see a lot of, you know, women nowadays who are hyper-masculine. In other words, they're, they're doers, they're drivers, they're losing that femininity and not femininity in looks or whatever, it's just in behavior. My wife. <laughs> but you, you see that start to happen. And when that happens, they start to 
take on a new identity that's not even an organic identity. And then there's always resentment and resistance. And I think the same thing happens when we always want to be the teacher. It's always becomes about being right. And so we yeah. see a lot of people in society where they want to be right so much. I would rather if I'm going to drop one of the titles, student or teacher, I would drop uh, teacher in a second because teacher, yeah, yeah. I'm only sharing information. Student, I'm growth every day. I'm growing and growing and growing. So if anybody here, and, and this would be my two cents opinion, but if anybody here is leaning hardcore teacher, take a minute and just walk through the day and ask yourself what it would look like as a student. Anybody who is in a hyper masculine role of like, I got to get this done and this done, step back and just be the observer and the creator and see how that feels. Because mm -hmm. we've got to at some point be the observer and allow ourselves or enable ourselves or empower ourselves to balance because too many of us are holding on to one role and it's creating division, it's creating frustration, it's creating aggravation and we can do better. So yeah. what do you think? No, I think, I think what you're talking about leads me to think about identity. Like we all think that we have a certain identity, a certain role to fill. And I know for me that when I was in corporate and I left corporate November 20, uh, November 19th, November 7th, 2019. So it's actually just three years. And when I left that, it was pretty surprising for me to think that how much of my idea and my identity was really wrapped up into who I was at the job. You know, I was this person, I was this person, I was a friend, I was a coworker, I was a leader, I was a confidant, I was all these different things. And then overnight, I was no longer needed. And it was like, wow. Was I really all that? I mean, I went into deep, dark places. I was like, damn, you know, was I, I thought I was all that. My department won department of the year many times over on the whole entire company customer service survey. But I really went like, okay, what is this fucking, what is this supposed to mean? How can I take this? And, and one situation we talk about it all the time here on the show is that victim or victor mindset. It's like, okay, in my identity, if I'm going to take that victim mindset, what is that? What trail is that going to lead me down versus mm -hmm. taking that victor mindset and say, okay, this is fucked up situation, right? And this is stuff that I don't want to see happen and, or need to feel right now. But I know that if it's happening for the greater good for my future advancement and the future opportunities, and I need to learn these particular lessons, then it becomes the victor mindset. So I think about the identity as the fact that that's a role that once we decide that we no longer have to be somebody, which is the state where I'm at, then that's, that's like, you've found your place. I mean, I think I found more peace and harmony in my life in this year by surrendering so much need for control and uncertainty and all these different things. It's been awkward. It's been uncomfortable. It's been scary. It's been anxiety ridden. It's fucked up my sleep. But at the same time, I sit there and I think, okay, I've been a huge student in these last three years with COVID and being home with my son, having to cohabitate with my mother-in-law, having to learn to be an entrepreneur and learn the hustle process and the sales process and everything else that now I am trusting more in God's source universe and allowing my identity just to, for me to be me, whether no matter where I'm at. I mean, there's a few areas I need to be a little bit better at, but for the most part, I just show up being me and people are just like, thank you for you know this and that. I'm like, I'm just me being me. You know, I just love that. So that's what we want to see for you guys out there in video land and audio land is the fact where you can get to that point where you can shift your perspective and see, okay, what role am I playing? And to always be looking at things as like, what am I supposed to be learning from this as opposed to what am I supposed to be controlling or manipulating under this situation? Don't you think, don't you think manipulation comes into to play when you're thinking about being a teacher? Because some people, some teachers are manipulative versus being um, constructive. Yeah. And so, so let's go back to the model that um, I always share in my coaching because I think it ties in pretty well here. So we've got victim, sophomore, savior, and player. And so the victim is the classic victim. It's the poor me, the person who says, I can't, you don't understand. My situation's different than yours. I'll never be anything. 
you're right. The person who says, I can, I will, you're also right. So the victim gets stuck in that space. The sophomore is that person who thinks they've graduated. So it's the wise fool by definition. They get to that space where they think they've graduated and they look back at the victim and say, at least I'm not you. Look at me. I've made it. Um, I've started to realize I can manifest my own world. And they think they're kind of the shit. The teacher typically falls into that savior role. And so to your point, they get into that space where they say, I know what you need. You need to do this. You need to do this. So from their experience, let's just say there's somebody who, I don't know, they're, they're 60 years old. So they're going to tell you the way they succeeded. They're going to say, you got to work hard. You got to be accountable. You got to do things you don't like. And then they're going to go through a bunch of things. And they say, you need this, this, this. Their belief is they're not a victim. They're not a sophomore. They've got a lot of good information that has gotten them from point A to point B to their successes. And they want you to follow their path. Yeah. This is the problem with teachers because they'll manipulate you to do that. And they'll say, this is the only way you're going to get this. If you want to get an A, you got to do this. And that's what has enabled this slave system to continue for so long where we're all falling in this slave system that we do everything we have to do to get in corporate America, everything to do to become a teacher, a lawyer, whatever it is. Yeah. We follow this path into slavery. <clears throat> and the true teacher, the true inspiration, the, the true person that's really going to shake up this world is the player. And that person comes after the teacher. Now, the player can be a teacher by trade. No yeah. question. True. But the player is the person who just sets the example when people go, I want to do what they're doing. And that's essentially, you know, I feel like I've been the player the whole time as a teacher, maybe the, the exception the first two years, because you did want to manipulate the situation. Now, I'm always saying, hey, I, I could be completely wrong. Trust you. Trust what's in here. But here's some information. What do you guys think? And I'll tell you, they move exponentially when being informed like that. Like when I say something like, hey, there's three leadership styles. We've got autocratic, participative and free reign. What do you think is the best and why? And they start talking about it. I say, what would it look like if we had this variable? What would, and all of a sudden they're coming up with legit consulting solutions that are better than most kids who are post-grad school. And yeah. it's because you're playing the game with them. It's almost like we're in a sandbox creating the perfect manager. And so it's fun because you're playing, not saying what you need and everyone's participating. So all the lights go on, they get excited and they want to build with you. So how can we take like that kind of a mentality of being the player and bring it into all of society, not just from a teacher where we're not trying to manipulate, we're not trying to save, but we can really just be that person that's going to make the world a better place by example. That is a most excellent question. I love what you just said, Scott. Um, how do we do that? I think, honestly, I think the adults, I think us adults in life are a lost cause. I think what we do is we start ingraining this at a, a, at the kid level, like a child level with the parents and the teachers and, and colleges and universities. I think it's got to be a, an important part of the curriculum now yeah. to start teaching these kids to have that perspective, right? They teach them how to find the square angle, the isosceles triangle or what fucking ever bullshit it is. Or what, I mean, but the, what's the, what's the, what does the kid need the most? The kid needs to know, you know, sense of self, sense of love, sense of relationship, sense of connection, uh, sense of financial responsibility. I mean, there's so many different things that these schools should be teaching, but there's the, oh, we got to teach you about this. We got to teach you about, you know, geometry and shit like that. It's like, there are apps for that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's update the educational curriculum system. I mean, you're in, you're in it. 
I feel that to answer your question, this has got to start now. This has got to, this is something that we're not going to change right today, but it's a long-term plan where we start planting seeds and sit there saying, okay, how can we start raising our kids a little bit differently? Maybe parents need to be a little bit more qualified to have kids and not just sit there. We were, I think, I don't know if I told you this or I said it on air. We went to our very first parent-teacher conference the other day, last week, and it was pretty incredible that, you know, we, she was asking us questions. She's like, okay, here's how Jackson's doing this and here's how Jackson, I mean, pretty good. And she talked to us, she goes, what, what type of ways do you do your homework? We're like, well, we read to him every night. We've read to him every night since we've had him. Um, we do his homework. We come up with creative solutions. We got flashcards. We got, I mean, the teacher says to do these things, but we like, okay, if we can incorporate some creativity into that, what might benefit him as far as expanding his mind and his perspective? And of course, with me, I'm always talking about life and responsibilities and perspectives and relationships and manners and things of that nature. So it all begins with us. It all begins right here and right now. And we have the, the responsibility, I believe, to sit there and start to check our shoe shines and say, hey, listen, what can I change about myself? What can I do for myself? How can I start loving myself more? Because honestly, Scott, the conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks, like deep, serious fucking conversations, I'm like, if you don't fucking love yourself and you don't take care of yourself, how can you expect to have fucking success in your life? It's idiotic. You're burning yourself out. People are burning out at a fucking alarming rate. The younger generation is going, I don't think I'm going to subscribe to your bullshit because you guys sit there and go to school and you get these student loans and you spend 20 fucking years at a, at a, at a job and you get fired and then you're miserable and then you die. Like, mm, I think I'm going to cut to the chase and like enjoy my ears and enjoy, enjoy these experiences. So I think we got to go back to the kids and starting with us individually to say, hey, how can I make myself at a point where I'm actually happy with myself? I'm actually um, excited about the things that I'm doing and, and really making serious life choices about our situations and asking ourselves the fucking serious question. Am I happy with this person? Am I happy in this situation? And if you're not, if you say no, then what can I start to do to change that? Is it going to be easy? No, it's going to be fucking hard. But is it going to be worth it? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is. And I have to tell myself that very same thing all the time. What do you think about that, Scott? You know, it, it goes back to the whole identity piece. And so, you know, one of the things I told you when I walk into my class, and I've been saying this for years, is I ask a question. It's a ridiculous question just to shake the students up. And I say, who's, who's the stupidest person in the room? And they start <laughs> looking around the room and they're like, you, Scott. Am I, yeah. And the bottom line, it's me. And the reason I say it's me is because I'm 51 years old and these kids are 18 years old. And I say, think of this. If we're in a space that has created this mess in this world, then everything that I have learned to date, there's a lot of stuff I've learned and a lot of stuff that's been built into my identity that clearly needs to be peeled back. And, and I don't need this. This is not part of who I should be. Right. So they have less stuff to peel back. So by default, if we want to talk about wisdom or intelligence based on how much stuff I need to unlearn, they're smarter by, you know, because of that. Yeah. So when I start talking to them, one of the things that seems to, you know, resonate really quick is there is a willingness for them to make the shifts because it's not as scary that the cards aren't going to come tumbling down. So when I talk to them for four months, they're like, I'm willing to throw away that belief system. I'm willing to move that. I'm willing to shift this because I want that more than worrying about yeah. this being me. Dude, somebody sitting here, you know, down the street from me and they're, a, you know, a vice president of a company and they're 50 years old and they get all their stuff. How can they just quit? They've got another 15 years to go to work. They think if they quit one thing, it's just going to come tumbling down. So they would rather just be like, stop talking to me, stop talking to me, just don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's happening. Look around this world right now. You're seeing CEOs going, these people suck. They don't want to come back to work. They're lazy. 
Yep. What they're really saying is this. My identity and my successes have built up been built on bringing people together and creating amazing teams to make this Fortune 5 company the way it is. And they're right. They're totally yeah. right. They have built that. It's very scary to say there's a completely new way to do things that's happening before our very eyes. Things are changing. Can you lead this? Because this person goes, even though we think they're brilliant, I have led something successfully this way. I don't know I'm ready to do that. Some are doing it. Mm -hmm. Many or most are not. The same thing is happening across the board while the kid is saying, I'll no longer tolerate that. So here's the question back to you. We're looking at this, you know, like peeling back the onion and shifting the identity. Yeah. How do we get this conversation going between this adult saying the whole planet is lazy and this kid saying, I'm only going to do something with purpose and meeting in the middle? Because that's the conversation I've been trying to get people to get involved in, um, whether it's me being a conduit or just introducing the discussion. What do we do with that? Because I think everybody in this planet needs to hear that right now. No, I wanted to, I wanted to find out who had the answer to that one. <laughs> I was looking over my cats. They're sleeping. Um, you know what? You know, that's a crazy question, Scott. I mean, honestly, right now, I've always had, you know me for a while now, I always had these, these grandiose visions of being able to bring both sides of whatever faction it is, whether it's vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, Republicans, Democrats, you know, religious versus non-religious versus atheists. I've always been that person like, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. I got something to tell you. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you, something. I want to tell you, something. you fucking talk. You know, I've always been that type of person, whether it's been at work or anything else. I've pulled tricks like that to get people to talk that haven't talked before. But I don't know anymore. I think the, the country and the world right now is so, I think we're in such a different point in time that if this conversation happened five or six years ago, I think it would be totally different. But now my faith in humanity and, and faith in people's ability right now with their mental overload, their stress burnout, they're, they're coping with increased expenses and everything else. I think people are just trying to hold it together, hoping, wishing, and praying that God will this fucking end someday. And some people are taking drastic measures, whether they're they're causing violence or they're the victims of violence. I mean, we see it every single day. We become conditioned to it, to seeing it in the news. Like, oh, there was seven other people killed. Oh, there was 12 people that were ran over. Oh, okay. You know, and then we go on the movies. Don't even get me started on the movies. We are watching, looking through Netflix the other day. I'm like, do fucking movie makers know how to make a comedy anymore? Like it was all just doom and gloom and the world's going to come to an end. And here's, here's a prediction of the future. It was all just fucking morbid. And I'm like, okay, we got to start shifting the cycle. We got to start feeling, figuring it out how we can go back to family first, how we can go back to taking care of ourselves first, how we can start putting these fucking things down. Jesus Christ. I'm starting to want to slap people with these things in their fucking hands. I'm like, your life does not depend on this thing, you know? So I think it's going to take a huge wake up call. I think we're in the, we're in the, probably the, process the front end process of what that is going to look like depending on how things go in 2024 here in the country so the long-winded answer to your question is it's got to start with the people who are watching this right now and saying hey if i'm unhappy with something if i'm not if i'm not you know really congruent with my values and my morals and the things that i think are the most important factors of why i'm here my part of my legacy then i need to start doing something with myself and as i start to do something with myself somebody's going to notice and go Hey, Kim, you look a little bit happier. Hey, Roger, you look a little bit happier. What are you doing? Oh, I'm starting to take care of myself. I put down the phone. I don't watch the news. I don't follow politics anymore. God, I feel better. My blood pressure's down. Oh, and I think that's how we do it, Scott. I think we just got to start taking personal fucking responsibility. We got to start calling our friends on their bullshit and saying, hey, why don't you put that fucking thing down? I'm your friend. 
put it down. Let's go for a walk. Let's go do something else. And I think we got to get tough with each other. We got to get tough with ourselves. Otherwise, I believe that the world's going to shake us up and it's already starting that process with the pandemic and everything else that's going on. The world, Mother Nature, God, Source, Universe is shaking the fucking globe saying, hey, if you guys don't get your shit together pretty soon, I'm done with y'all. I'm going to start over again, just like when the fucking, you know, Big Bang Theory or whatever it was. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. And um, and I do think that starting with yourself is clearly the paramount decision we have to make is start. I mean, everything has to start with you. And when you hear yourself, the rest of the world starts to change. When I listen to people who have never done the inner work, say we're doomed, gloom, blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, you're going to say that because you've never seen the response to looking within. Anybody who's done some amount of the inner work has watched the massive change on in themselves and then seen what happens around them. And they're like, wow, this is magic. So the first and foremost answer, what's up, Patricia? How are you? It's good to see you. Thanks for introducing me to Jane again. We're going to have her on the show. Um, the second part of that answer is one of the things that we've got to look at is first and foremost, we take care of ourselves and we do the inner work. That's going to create an instant magic around us and it's going to permeate more than we believe. Yeah. The second thing is I'm looking at two parts of existence. I'm looking at the polarities. There's always a two sides to everything. And I'm hearing the word fight come up often like it's a badge of honor. And, yeah. you know, some of the people who are saying it left and right and they frustrate me because the minute I align to saying I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight. The universe is going to create that fight. If we know that we're one and we're this beautiful thing that can create and just make a magical world, who are we fighting? And really think about that, because if we're polarizing, saying if anybody goes against my beliefs, once you say my beliefs and they're static, there's right. zero room for growth. Mm -hmm. And there's, yeah. a, there's two sides of everything right now going. What we've done is we've said, you know, all the evolution of thought and growth, we've stunted that in two sides. And they're standing here saying, fight, 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 fight. So if you're sitting in the middle, I highly suggest embracing the inner work and start doing that. What does that mean? Meditation, getting off your phones, being with family, loving those close to you. And here's something you really need to think about. If you're close to somebody who's starting to align to that person saying fight, say, what could the world look like if it was love instead of fight? Yeah. And I don't just write the shit behind me. I preach it. I believe it. I live it. And there's days where, trust me, I'm like, what is wrong with that idiot? I want to fight you. And then I take a deep breath <laughs> and I go back and I say, that is a very caveman-like response that's part of an old identity which is why I'm the stupidest person in the room for my, stu my students. I haven't fully peeled that back yet. But when the deep truth in me comes out from here, I'm like, love's the answer. And I'm not just saying that. I truly believe that. We have to start making sure that these two groups, whoever they are on any issue, because they're different in different groups. We, we get it, whether it's racism, sexism, some otherism, political disbeliefs. We've got to get these two groups to stop saying fight, 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 fight. Because the answer lies somewhere in here and it starts with the inner work. So I agree with you. Start being super aware of other people's vocabulary and figure out a way that you can maybe intervene and go, I would always lead with a question. What would the world look like if we didn't fight? Right. Is there any other solution you could come up with? Want to discuss it? That's going to start to take a little bit of the strength out of this fight, fight, fight. Then there's more strength in the middle. And the middle is where the balance is. And that's where love is. And that's where the inner work is going to come from. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I wish it was simpler than that. I'm trying to paint a model that makes sense. But I think your answer is, is the perfect one. 
If you heard nothing else I just said, <laughs> start with the inner work, go meditate, go tell somebody you love them, go for a walk, put your phone down. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I want to capture some of these comments. Like Robert just said here, he says perfectly, he says collaborate. Yes. Collaborate and listen. We got Patricia in the house. She says, hello, Robert. Robert says, hi, Patricia. Patricia's in the house. What's up, Patricia? Good to see you, sweetheart. Good evening, my loves. I'm happy you are sharing all of this. Absolutely. That's what we do. Um, Robert says here, humanity on the precipice of transition to a more self-enlightened age. Couldn't agree with you more, Robert. Uh, let's see. We got Lee hi, in the house. What's up, Lee? He says, if we dare to listen, life will guide us to where we belong. Angels to, to what we ought to be doing. To do to, 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 to what we ought to be doing. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate that. Uh, I wanted to put that back up here again. He said, bravo, Scott, on the fact that you got uh, Teacher of the Year. It's so awesome. Kim in the house. Kim Summers Iglise. She's in the house. She says, cool. So cool. Um, Mary Kay says, congratulations, Scott. Thank you. And uh, Kim says, I love that flannel. I love that flannel, too. Teacher of the Year. Yay. She loves that flannel. I like it. No, I'm like, it's so weird because I'm normally wearing the same shit all the time. I'm like, maybe I should just. You know, it's funny. I, I think like I told you, like I just had the worst week and my brain's just fried and I thought I was having a panic attack. So I'm looking at you. And the only thing I did really notice is like, wow, your beard looks extra clean. So I thought that's what you're trying to tell me. And, you know, when you're just like mentally fried, you could have oh, literally yeah. had a bows with a clown wig on. And I would have said, <laughs> I can't see it. Yeah, no clown wig. I can't see it. I, I, I The orange hair. You don't always have orange hair, Chris. Nope. I didn't see it. No, but we've actually talked about having a little bit of fun on the show, doing some character portrayals and mm -hmm. some of that shit. That'd be kind of fun. Um, so one of the things I was thinking about, honestly, when I was driving back from uh, getting the pictures taken and thinking about, you know, the life balance is I sit there and think, OK, that is nice. That should be the way it is. But when I think about what it is that the one percent people do, like we always want to be the rich millionaires. We want to be the most famous people. We want to be validated and significant and appreciated and all that shit. The one percent that go out there and do that. Did the 1% people have a balanced life, do you think? The 1% as far as the uh, one that we speak about, the 1% that have all the money and everything else? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so here's the thing. And then this is the easiest way to look at this. If I create my wealth and all my human success, my worldly um, validation from here, then I may, might have a balanced life because I'm deciding what the variables to balance are. Yeah. Now, if I create it from here, even if I have a life that's a little out of balance, the balance is going to be is always going to come back to center because I'm doing it from the right place. So watch what I mean. If I build a life that says I've got a job that's going to make me a ton of money, I built this business, I invest in stocks, I bought boats, I bought planes, I got the girls. I can balance all of that. And you can watch it and go two hours, two hours, two hours. Guys, a genius. I'm still going to be on my deathbed saying that sucked. I feel empty and hollow. It was fun while it lasted, but it's like doing a pile of drugs. And then you wake up the next day and go, huh, I feel like shit. It's the same thing. Now, if I build from here, the assistance in the balance is going to come from source. So let's say, for example, I built this business, which I did based for the right reasons. It's purpose driven. I'm excited to be in service to others. So there might be a time where I put too much effort here and I'm mentally exhausted. and I almost have a panic attack. Then there's time I spend more time with my daughter. Then this time I spend more time with my wife. The universe is going to put me in check and make sure that I'm doing the right thing to stay sane. But that balance is going to be worth a lot more on my deathbed than some driven, you know, balance that I've created based on earthly shit. So yeah. I think they're two different things. So I would say the one percenters mm -hmm. in balance. Sure. 
but not true balance, worldly balance, but the spiritual balance is completely lost in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, when I think about balance and I think about that question, I was at a point in my life and I've shared this on the show kind of before, but when my mom was like going through all our different hospitalizations for the last couple of years, I was literally driving 200 miles every single day from my house to my job, to my mom, to her hospital, to the house, to my mom. And I did that over and over and over again. I was doing four hours sleep. I was using my Ritalin. I was drinking. I was doing everything. I could just bandaid myself to get through that process. And I thought I was invincible. I was like, yes, I can do it. I can keep doing. Everybody's like, Chris, you need this rest. Chris, take a day off. I'm like, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm the tough one. I'm the unstoppable one. I'm the boom. I woke up one day and I was like, fuck, I can't move. Like I was literally in that, that space. I, I couldn't even figure, figure shit out. And all of a sudden I went to the doctor because <clears throat> I'm always keen on how my blood test done. And I said, can you run some blood tests and let's see what's going on here. And they came back and said, your adrenals are shot. Your adrenals are fucking shot. I was using, um, uh, Ritalin Adderall. I was doing anything I could do you know, workout pills, whatever I could do to stay awake and to keep going. Cause I thought it was a badge of honor. Like, Yes, no, I don't need anybody's help. I got this. I'm going to take care of my mom, take care of her animals. I'm going to still take care of my family. I'm going to still take care of my business. I got this. Look, this is what you do when you have your shit together. This is what you do. Boom, crash. And I told the doctor, I said, okay, what do we do to fix this? He goes, you can't. You have to rest. And that was God's source universe saying, hey, motherfucker, you're burning the candle at one end. You need to have a little bit more balance. You can't take all this on yourself. You have to ask for help. And so I finally got to a point where I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, can you do me a favor and go help my mom? Can you go over there when she's having this procedure? And she started taking some of the responsibility and I was able to start getting a little bit of rest. I started asking my work. I'm like, hey, can I you know, come in half days, these couple of days, just so I can get a little bit extra sleep. And so I started rebuilding myself because my, my, my shit was out of balance. I was all go, 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 ego, 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 ego. I could do all these things. I could be there for my mom. I could be, boom. And then like, I thought I was invincible again crashed again i have never recovered from that that was 20 shit, 2012 2011 2010 i have never regained my entire um you know sense of energy and everything else i crashed so i mean we have to take that shit seriously otherwise we're going to wind up in this state and i think that's the reason why we're having the show is for people to become aware you guys got to become aware like where is my balance in my life what are the like the five priorities of my life is it religion is it finance is it family is it relationships is it fitness is it spirituality whatever it might be for you guys you gotta, gotta ask yourself that question and sit there and say okay <clears throat> excuse me i've been talking all day <clears throat> you know what can i do to start to gain some balance in my life how can i start spending a little bit more time with my family because at the end of the day guys i've interviewed hundreds of if not thousands of people over the probably thousands of people over the time of my life and all of them sit there and say, when they look back on their lives, I wish I would have spent more time with myself. I wish I would have gone after the things I really wanted to do. I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have made more memories. So that's the key to this show, ladies and gentlemen. Start looking inward and say, what can I do about my life? Maybe I need a little bit more balance here. What steps can I take today? Who can I ask for help today to we'll make that happen? And it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because otherwise you get to that point where you burn out. You start going to your short-term gratifications way more. And then all of a sudden you're addicted to whatever it might be. And then you got to undo that bullshit to even get back to the square one where you're at right now. So why not deal with that? That's what we're here for. This is why this is called the unfiltered experience is when I come to you guys raw and real. So you sit there and go, oh shit, they just said some stuff that resonates with me. Maybe I can do something about that. Maybe I can look at the people that I'm associating with. Are they good for me? Are they balancing my life out? Are they pushing me? Are they holding me back? The five people you're around the most is an indication of who you're going to become. So you guys got to take this shit seriously. What do you think, Scott? Final thoughts. 
Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, at the, at, at the end of the day, if there's one thing I just take away with this is, you know, process what the inner work looks like to you. And that inner work isn't just for self-healing, but that inner work is literally a reflection in the creation of the magic around you. So once I start doing the things to heal myself, you know, saying the right words, I am good enough. I am love. I am a um, loving parent. I am an attentive, you know, friend, like all those things. Once I bring those I am <clears throat> statements and the validation and the inner work's done and I'm reframing um, the verbiage I use to reprogram my subconscious mind, the world is going to start to shift around you. And it's very hard to do that if you don't take a little of the weight off from the identity. So I would take a little look at yourself and just say, what is it that I'm claiming to be that is no longer serving me, has never served me, or is just a defense mechanism? And once you can isolate one or two of those things, pull those jackets off and start changing the language, start doing the I am statements, start monitoring what you're saying to yourself. I mean, again, we say the same things again and again. You want to learn it in my coaching program, you'll get all this stuff and more. You can do the same thing with Chris. Um, but if you're taking your own road, make sure that you do it. You know, one of the reasons people get a coach isn't because we're sharing a bunch of rocket <laughs> science. We're getting you to do the things that need to be done. And we package it really nice and clean so you can just walk through a process and come out the other end squeaky clean. It's like a car wash. You can just go into the car wash. You come in, the car is clean on the other end versus doing it yourself. Both work. One's a little easier. It's up to you. So I like efficiency. I also like to be accountable to myself. But that's the two cents. Do the inner work. Realize you don't want to get stuck in one identity, whether it's teacher, student, masculine, feminine. Um, there's got to be a balance. And like Chris said, that balance doesn't need to be two hours, two hours, two hours. It might flow like this. But at the end of the day, when you look at it long term, there will be some balance to it. Yes. Yes. And tell people when your coaching program starts. It starts Wednesday. It starts the day before Thanksgiving. Actually, uh, we got a small group. We got six or seven people in there right now. Might have a few more. Um, it's going to be super cool because it's going over the holidays. And I will say this: <laughs> the holidays are a cool time to do it because everybody walks into them going, "This is going to be the best year ever." And then family comes into town and all these things. So, uh, some guaranteed healing if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, check it out, ScottGoyette.com or yeah, ScottGoyette.com. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was thinking about your Instagram, Scott Goyette official. Official, because they told me to do official so that people know it's really me. <laughs> Is there not a, another Scott Goyette? I don't know. There could be an imposter out there just being safe. Fuck him. He's not even half as tall as you are. No, he's fake. <laughs> I know in this picture, like I look like I'm so much bigger than you. Yeah, and like he's gonna stand up straight and get like, forward. Fucking you hit my ceiling fan. <laughs> right now. If you came into my studio right now, I have to turn my ceiling fan off. Yeah, like, where'd you go? I don't want to get my head hit. <laughs> Uh, all right ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you've been fantastic tonight robert always as verbose as usual i will come back and i will check that out and see what you got going on here man appreciate you guys all being here whether you're live or on the replay we love and appreciate you guys you guys are part of our unfiltered crew and we just love and we want you to know that we are here for you guys so whatever we could do for you whatever type of guests you want to see on here what type of topics you want to see on here one thing scott and i have agreed upon is in 2023 we're going to do more shows like this less guests more me and scott and um, we just appreciate it. Go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com, theunfilteredexperience.com, join the Facebook community, join the group. Let us know what you want to see. Let us know how we can support you. This is a family. This is a community. This is a conversation every single week on Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You guys can find us anywhere. Just go to your podcast and say, unfiltered experience, and you will find us. Yes, you will. We love you too, Patricia. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. 
Thank you, Robert, for being here, brother. Appreciate you guys. And go out there and be the change that you bitch about. Go out there and start working on yourself because please, 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 can you imagine if everybody just, just think about this for a second. Just think about this for a second. This, is, this is, could be real. If everybody in the world for two weeks didn't look at the news, started focusing inward and said, what's a couple of things I could do every single day to show myself love? And what's one thing I can do every single day to show somebody else love? Mm -hmm. Two weeks. No news, no politics, self-love, love. How much would that become addictive? How much would that spread? How much would that change the entire trajectory of this world? Ladies and gentlemen, yes, we can. Yes, we can. I believe it with all my heart. I know that's why I'm on this fucking earth is to make this change. So go out there and be the change that I pray about. We love you guys. We'll see you here next Friday, right after Thanksgiving. We love you guys. Have a merry Thanksgiving and a happy new year. I'm just kidding. Have a <laughs> happy yes. Thanksgiving. Love you guys. We'll see you here next time on the Unfiltered Experience. Love you guys. Bye-bye. See you guys.